Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502 is going down. What's happening? This is your boy Rashawn Myers coming to you live and direct from the Palatial Studios, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio, joining you always on Saturday morning, a snowy, blustery, blisteringly cold Saturday morning, and as always, will soon be joined by my man Haven Harrington here in studio, at the moment being joined on the line by my man, the the man, the myth, the legend himself, at that boy's good. Joe Kelly, what's happening with you this morning, sir? Oh, man, you know, back after after fighting a week-long bout with COVID. So glad uh, that, that, that you were back. You know, you sound man, you sound good. You. Man, I'm telling you, uh, much to the to the listeners' chagrin and and to your amusement, y'all aren't going to get a whole lot out of me, man. I'm telling you, this stuff will knock you on your back for about a week. Yeah, uh, just kind of hard to to catch your breath, man. Yeah, I smoked for years, Rashawn. Never had this issue. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I have. I have known 
several that that of course have have gotten sick and and you know it's it's always levels to it man and and yeah i, I know it will knock you on, on your backside so glad to have you back glad you've been able to to check in and be a part of the festivities this morning you know so i, I guess that I, I, my open actually has a dual meaning you, you're trying to ca- carry on your your wayward self <laughs> this morning <laughs> man that came on and i was like yes Yes, I I can relate. <laughs> I'm telling you, you there know? were a couple of days. There were a couple of days th- this past week, man. I'd wake up, check my email, check my phone, do everything you need to do, you know, in the course of the day, and just be like, ah, you know, I'm gonna yeah. let future Joe deal with this tomorrow. <laughs> current Joe is not up for it, and we're gonna let that chump deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Hey man, while we wait on Haven, I got a question for you. I don't know if yes, you sir. saw the big, uh, the big. Every now and then, you can tell what region of the country somebody tweets from because of a take <laughs> that they may give. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask you, uh-huh. what is your go-to Waffle House order? Ooh, my go-to Waffle House order. You know, because I'm a very basic person, I'm going to get that all-star mm-hmm. special. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm going to get the all-star special. You know, just your kind of your basic uh, b- bacon, uh, bacon mm-hmm. eggs, waffle, uh, you know. How are you getting your eggs? Uh, scramble with cheese. Scramble with cheese. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get the, the raisin toast. The, ro- the raisin Ooh. toast. I don't get the regular toast. I like getting the raisin toast. You know what I'm saying? And, okay. and I'm going to get the hash browns. You know, just regular. I don't get them covered. Now, and and, and I'll, I get basic hash browns. So that's all I need is salt and pepper, really? and I'm good. Yeah. 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 Really? Absolutely. Okay. And if I'm feeling okay. froggy, then okay. I, I, I'll get the steak. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll get a steak on, you know, with, with that. But, you know, usually I just <laughs> go with the all-star special, man. I'm simple. I've only seen... I've only seen one person order a steak from Waffle House, and he did it after we'd been on an all-night camping trip. <laughs> he ordered it rare. He ordered it rare, and they made him sign a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a lie, my friend. That is hilarious. <laughs> yes, I have to have the carnal yep. urges going full blow to even you know think about the steak. But it, you know, there have been times when you know. The, the the beast has been re- real, so I had to go ahead and get no, the steak. Man, I, <laughs> hey, I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you like to upgrade to the to the uh, raisin toast because I always go with the. Uh, I'll be like, let me get let me get a waffle and put some chocolate chips on that joint too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're fancy this morning. <laughs> Got the pinky sticking out this morning. <laughs> oh, absolutely! That is hilarious. Uh, no, ma'am, that's what the chocolate in the buttra is for. Yes, 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 absolutely. Now you're making me want Waffle House. Well, Joe, what, so what? What is your go-to? You asked me what. What is your, what, what is your favorite Waffle House? You know, th- does it change if you're going to get Waffle House? You know, the, nope. for, for the family or late night? Does that that change? Nope, nope. I am I am consistent, man. And to your point about I don't I don't really get that wild with it. I I love cooking for other people. Yes, but I don't really have an adventurous palate. Yes. You know, I'm very, I'm pretty basic, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Uh, so when I go to Waffle House, give me that Texas melt. Okay. I want the Texas toast with my 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 egg. My it's basically you know bacon, egg, and cheese on Texas toast. Okay. What's wrong with that? The answer: 
not a damn thing, my friend. <laughs> not a damn thing. And then, and then, as far as as far as hash browns goes, as far as long as you got some Tabasco sauce on the table, maybe I want some cheese on there. But no, nah, like you said, I don't, I don't really do salt. Um, but but loaded up with black pepper and hot sauce, I'm good to go. Wow, I and love ice it. water. I love, and, and, and ice water. I like that. Yes, I always get the water. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually a water guy. I don't. I don't uh, do too much of the, the the coke and all that stuff. My kids will gorge themselves on Sprite. But <laughs> yeah, no, I just get. Just by give the me time the water, I'm, I'm hitting. By the time I'm hitting up Waffle House, I need to start thinking about rehydrating. So. <laughs> That's fair. That is absolutely fair. I love me some Waffle House. Man, you're going to make me have to put in the order before I get, you know. See, because that's what I do now. Most times it is, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'll just call them, uh, call ahead and just say, hey, I'm on my way. Go ahead, hook, hook it up, yep. and then I just go pick it up and head and keep it moving. So, you know. Man, before we get off this subject, the other thing that people need to know about Waffle House. Yes. If you pull up in the a.m. hours while it's still dark outside. Yes. The good time. Between two a.m. and six thirty a.m., if you pull up and and there, there's two things that are going to be happening. They're either slam packed, busy, yes. and you got to wait on a table. That's a great sign. If they're not busy, your cook needs to be out back burning a burning a Newport. <laughs> and and what you know, you're going to have the best breakfast of your life when you see a dude, when you pull up and you get out and he looks at you and takes that long, good drag off his Newport, <laughs> puts that button, shakes his head, and goes in to wash his hands. You're about to see magic happen over that, that griddle. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's real talk. Absolutely. I love it. You know, when they, when, when they have that, that hot, you know, hot plate going and you got everything everywhere, you know it's going to be great. You know it's going to be wonderful. I'll wait on that. Buddy, I, I am a I am a, a long time Waffle House ambassador for the white delegation. <laughs> I am great. I am great at hanging out at three o'clock in the morning and telling them, no, don't don't react, just keep eating. Don't look up. You look up, you're going to be here in World Star. Part <laughs> of this video. <laughs> just just eat your hash brown. Oh gosh. The stories I could tell. Hey, hey, let me tell you something because I, I don't, I don't know uh, if if my, many folks know this. Some, some of these people listening know this, but back in the day, I've never told it on this this show. Um, but I, I used to actually work. Uh, just talking about late night, <laughs> interesting situations and stories. I used to work at Seventh and Broadway, um, uh, White Castle. When I, when I was a kid, before I went into the military, before I went into the Marine Corps, um, yeah, that was kind of one of my first jobs. And so that Seventh and Broadway, anybody who's who's a nightlife person, especially a downtown nightlife person, knows about that that uh, White Castle on Seventh and Broadway. Like that place is of legend, especially in the nineties. Like between the, well, that I, that, I that White God. Castle and Indies on uh, on Twelfth and Broadway. <laughs> Man, I honestly feel like every white person in Louisville worked pushed carts at some Kroger at some point for a first job, <laughs> and every black person in Louisville worked at that damn white cat. <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, like the stories that I have, because I used to work the night shift. I used to literally work um, from from ten at night to six in the morning. That was my shift. So yeah, like <laughs> I I have seen all. Oh, of the crazy. So, 
Yes, like well, most of those stories cannot be told on the air. But needless to say, you know, you get that that three o'clock rush, that three o'clock three thirty rush. It used to pop off. Mm-hmm. It, it used to go down. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you want to get involved in anything that we talk about this morning, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We would love to hear from you. You know, late night stories, if, if you want to tell them, that's fine. Just keep them clean. And, of course, anything else that we have going on, uh, the, the – uh, uh, the great one himself, Haven Harrington, has uh, sent me a message, uh, and he should be uh, pulling in here, walking up soon. But we can go ahead and set the table, Joe, for all the good people listening. Of course, uh, all of you all heard my uh, intro. Of course, you know, I, I try to be um, – tell a story with the music. Yes, with the music, I want to keep it on top, keep it on brand. You know what I mean? It's like George Carlin said, folks like it when you're topical. There it is. Absolutely. You know, so I, 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 I played Wayward Son, you know, carrying on because the Louisville Cardinals, you know, they've gone through a rough patch. They've lost their coach, uh, you know, lost two heartbreakers to Duke and North Carolina these last two games with the, uh, you know, the uh, Derby City screw job is what I'm going to call that game on Tuesday night. The Derby City screw job. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about this game, though, because. We're in a weird spot right now that, and because of my COVID brain, I I have to make notes now. So I I go back to this. I don't know that the North Carolina game was heartbreaking. I think it might've actually galvanized the fan base and given them something to complain about and something to, to unite around. And we'll get into that. That is very interesting. I like that. I like that. You know, that's, that's, I think, I think the ACC gift wrapped us one big, thing to point all of our fingers at collectively that's outside Floyd Street and go, yeah, screw them. You know, I I, I like, I like, I, I'm smelling what you're selling and I'm picking up what you're putting down, my brother. I really like See that. See what I do, man? Hey, so you check this out. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead, we're going to hit this first break. On the other side, Haven Harrington will be joining us and then we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about L, North Carolina. We're going to talk about Louisville, Syracuse, of course, cards on the road uh, this morning. Up in cold, wintry, snowy New York. So we're going to get into that and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Joe Kelly, soon to be joined by Haven Harrington here on 96.1 FM, Big Exports Radio. And 
Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers being joined now in studio by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Haven Harrington. Haven, how you doing this morning, brother? Fantastic. Having a blast, man. Good. Ice storm and all. I'm enjoying myself. Absolutely. This is it's it, you know what? I, I will give the city credit. Like they were all up in a tizzy over this storm coming in. You know, people always like to mock and say that nothing is going to happen and nothing, you know, and they, they, they whine and complain and say that it was, ter- it's, you know, it's never that bad. Well, we got the ice, then we got the snow, but you know what? The city was both ready and prepared, and the streets are not that bad on the primary streets. On your big streets, on the highway, it's pretty much uh, no, no issues at all. Um, so, you know, I got to give them credit, man. They at least predicted properly and prepared accordingly. Man, that's all you can ask for. People were so prepared for this ice storm. I saw cats at a go kart <laughs> at Speedway getting gas and tooling around <laughs> on their go kart, literally yeah. just like up and down Taylor Boulevard. That's hilarious. Tell my, say what's up to my cousins next time, Haven. Jeez, don't be so rude. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. 414 1450 is the uh, Thornton's text line if you want to get involved this morning. <laughs> Of course, you can also feel free to check us out on Twitter. Um, that's at Rashan. That's R A A S H A A N at That Boy's Good, as well as at M E Sports. Uh, if you want to shoot us a message on the Twitter sphere, of course, you can also check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, any way that you uh, get connected with us, we will love to read your thoughts and comments on the air. Just as an FYI. And if you guys want to see that picture of those guys at the gas station, refilling their go-kart in the middle of an ice storm you can go to my twitter page and the picture's on there that's pretty hilarious gotta get some diesel for the genie i mean mean, that's just (laughs) like the pri i I love the priorities though you know i'm saying the go-kart had to have gas wearing sweats too like something's going to absorb all that moisture off the road wow that's what i'm talking about that's i i love people people are always (laughs) special that's ridiculous look man my Look, my people are resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, just just make a way. Just make make a way out of no way. We're gonna we gonna make it happen. Hey, man, that might have been their own only transportation. They're gonna get this go kart, get out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> knocking knocking cream on a nineteen ninety three Sony boombox too <laughs> they did it. I, I know them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Banging it, you know what I'm saying, riding down the street. <laughs> well, fellas, let's go ahead and hop head first into it. Of course, um, we talked a little bit about it and touched on it. Um, I, I want to go back and look at it. The Cardinals, um, you know, prepared. Well, we, we talked last week about the fact that Chris Mack was let go, and uh, we were very interested to see what Louisville was going to do uh, facing off against Coach K and Duke making his last visit to Louisville. Um, you know, Louisville gave a valiant effort, uh, you know, unfortunately a couple of big threes down the stretch by Duke, um, you know, pretty much sealed that game. Uh, but Louisville came out and they played with energy. And of course, everybody always says, okay, well, you know, we always see an emotional bump, uh, from a team that's playing their first game with a, you know, with an interim guy, or if the coach is gone or out, we've seen that happen, but we wanted to see if they could back that up, um, on Tuesday, um, we wanted to see what they could do on Tuesday, and Louisville came out and they played well again on Tuesday night. Um, you know, Sid Curry um, proved to be 
just as big and just as physical um, and, and was able to hold his on own against, you know, the North Carolina front line. Uh, El- Ellis came out and did his thing. And then the Derby City screw job happened. It went down. You know, the, 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 the referees just decided that they were just going to take over that game. And while I am not one uh, to get upset at officiating because, you know, you have plenty of opportunities to, to make up for it. Yeah, this one was egregious, and it, it was tough, and it was difficult. But on the on the flip side of it, to me, I, I think that the team looked good. You know, I I I was impressed um, with a lot of what I saw. Um, I feel like they're starting to actually play the right guys, the right in the right roles for the right numbers of minutes. Um, what did you all think about what you saw out there Tuesday? All right, so. I'll catch Haven up since he missed out on on this little teaser on the way out. I'm going to have to disagree with everything and all the narratives being pushed right now by by legitimately everybody in the fan base. Yeah. So nobody needs to take it personal. Uh, I just disagree with all of y'all. Big surprise. (laughs) Now, I'm the guy in the group that doesn't follow wrestling. We know this, but I do know that the Derby City screw job would be a reference to Bret Hart, right? Correct. And, and the oh, very see, nice. See, man. See, like I tell people, I'm a master in none, but I can keep my head above water in all conversations. <laughs> so to stay on our page with that, then we're going all out NWO, baby. We knew this season was a wash. Yeah. Thank you, you cabbage heads over at the ACC for giving us something other than each other to be angry about. Thank you for giving UofL fans somebody to point at and go, you know, the Tony Montana, we need a bad guy right now. We need an enemy that's not each other, that's not the basketball coach, that isn't the football coach. Guess what? It got gift wrapped to us. We can finally, I'm going to say it right now, I've been saying for years, I hate the tinfoil conspiracy nonsense BS that UofL fans prescribe to. Knock it off. You make us look like amateurs. Mm-hmm. Y'all were right, and I was wrong. The tobacco road marriage is real. And what we've learned is that blood is thicker than water in the ACC. So let's just go Hollywood Hogan with it, right? Let's embrace it, and let's mess up your pay-per-view. Let's spend the next couple weeks just running out mid-match and hitting somebody with a damn chair. Let's do that to some teams where even if we don't get the win, at worst-case scenario, when you're looking at their resume, you go, Man, they played like crap against Louisville, and Louisville stinks. Let's just ruin <laughs> it for people and have some fun for a while, guys, because that's what the next couple weeks are for this season. Play the spoiler. Play the spoiler. And I'm okay with that. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. Lean into it. And I think that um, the inspired play by the players, the fact that the players played very well uh, in those two games, and now you have and compounded it by um, what we saw out there on Tuesday night, I think that that's going to galvanize the fan base to really stay behind this team. And while it could have been a season where the last month was just dreadful, I think that people have renewed 
um, vigor uh, for for the rest of the season to kind of get behind the team. It so much reminds me of the uh, the year that Louisville went to. Uh, the NIT, and it just like the, the the fans just really got behind that NIT push, and, and they just really mm-hmm. made it a fun environment, and, and really got behind it. And that's what this kind of reminds me of. It's kind of like this grassroots let, get back to basics type deal. You know what I mean? Let Haven's people with the moped getting gas in the lower bowl. <laughs> you know, like we know what happens when when we let when we let that group in. Oh yeah, it's gonna be absolutely. Wild. Absolute pandemonium. Embrace it. And and look, fellas. And and hope that this is, and hope that these are outlier seasons, you know, where it becomes sort of an inside joke amongst U of L fans of, well, when you do have to have to endure a terrible season, (laughs) our fans are entertaining. Hey, you know what? That's all the rats. There you go. It's very interesting because like, you have so many things going on that I really love the fact that the fans are wrapping their arms around this team and that they are really embracing showing who we are as L and as L fans. And to see the fans come out packed houses, Louisville's getting some of the largest crowds of any school in the ACC all year these last couple of games. And the way that they've come out and they've shown their support, they've supported their student-athletes, and they've really just gotten behind everything. I think that while it's awful and terrible the season that Louisville's going through, I think it actually has made UofL look better. And I think in both prospective student-athletes' eyes for guys that are looking and considering coming to the University of Louisville, I think that Louisville's put themselves in a favorable, posi- favorable position. And I think some of the players that have had um, not a great time and had a really tough go of it, even guys like J.J. Trainer, who's been stuck on the bench, I see all these guys like genuinely excited to get out there and play. And I see guys that are genuinely engaged. And and I think that Louisville has helped themselves both from a retention standpoint, because Louisville has some good players on this team that you would really hate to see leave and, you know, head into the transfer portal. And I think that this, the the way this season is ending and the way the fans have shown up are going to help that. And I think it's also going to help with the retention of some of these recruits um, that Louisville has on the hook as well. I, I just think that Louisville has really stood up and proven, like everybody always says that, you know, a program is bigger than any single coach. But I think that Louisville has done a really good job of actually showing that this program is bigger than any one coach. Uh, and I think that's important uh, because it does kind of delineate and differentiate between just your regular run-of-the-mill basketball program and the University of Louisville. This is why this is one of the best jobs in all of college basketball. And I think that's one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of uh, negative talk about the university and their fans right now. Like Twitter has gotten quiet with the negativity because we're literally showing up and showing you why this program is as great as it is. Well, I think it's huge. So, Rashawn and, and Haven, guys, I'll open this up, and I got to ask y'all that because I think that's a that's a great segue into your point. Is it time for Malik just to say, "Hey, man, it's been real, it's been fun, but this did not work out. I've been here thirty seven years. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Rocky Marciano. Of, I'm the Josh Chichester of U of L basketball. This has just not worked out." Seriously, and and I'm gonna throw him a little. I'm gonna throw him a bone here, man. And, and something that I don't think 
gets mentioned enough. I I said this to Haven the other night. I, I keep trying to write about it for the website, and I, I just draw a blank on how to adequately summarize it, so I'd love to hear your all's thoughts. You know, we get very selfish as fans, I think, and we focus on the fact that, oh, my gosh, we've seen three coaches, you know, between Patino, Padgett, Mack, now Pegues, number four. Okay, so that means Malik is the first player in school history to play for four guys. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I get that we can say that he's not what you expect leadership-wise. I agree with that. That's a separate argument. Just saying when you present the facts out there, I think if Rick Pitino were still the coach at UofL, I don't know that Malik makes it past year two under Rick. I think he, he might have been another one of those highly touted guys that Rick brought in that, hey, it just didn't work out, and he he transferred out. Yeah, you know what? What are your guys' thoughts on, on all that? Haven, I'll, I'll let you go first. Go go ahead. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Uh, absolutely. You look like you were ready to, 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 to get to jump in there, so go ahead. Uh, you know, when Malik first got here, and then this is something that Joe and I had talked about. When he first got here, he was – labeled as a Kevin Durant type of guy, you know, a guy who can maybe handle the ball, that can kind of stay on the perimeter and still back his guy down in the paint and do all sorts of great stuff. But when I watched him play, I never really saw that in his game. Yeah. And and I think Joe's right, you know, going through four different coaches. And he brought in here under Rick's system. Then he leaves. Then you have, I'm not going to say a wasted year underneath Padgett, but, yeah, you have a wasted year underneath Padgett. And then you come a limbo back, year. A limbo year. Then you come back here w- uh, with Mac, and you never really got that development. You know, you were never able to develop your game as a player to best fit your abilities. So now he's just playing. Right. What he started to do as a freshman without like that type of development, and I think that's kind of, I think that's what we're seeing out of Malik's game, and it doesn't fit <clears throat> what Louisville needs. You know, it, it was like. To me, and I know this is very controversial, I'm about to say, but I know Rashawn's heard this like me, me say this like a bazillion times about Jordan Warwick when he was here. Like, Louisville need Jordan Warwick to be like the man. To be the man. The guy who can put the team on his back and carry the victories. And that was never Jordan's like game. That's not what he does. And he, he just he just couldn't do it. But that but that's not who he is. Right. I think Malik's the same way. I think Malik is now yeah, I, I wouldn't put Malik and Jordan War in the same <laughs> no, no. stratosphere. <laughs> no, wait, wait, just, just hear me out. Hear I me mean, out. Jordan was averaging 17 points per game in all ACC. I mean, yeah, he was averaging the points. But even with him averaging the points in all ACC, he was never that player that Louisville needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was never consistent with it. And I, I'll agree with that. But you know, I mean, but I mean but there's I mean, still levels. I'm, 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 but I say that <laughs> like way, but, Jordan was still at least a star. Like like Malik is a role player. Like you know, and, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things is that Malik always had visions that he could be more than that. He, I mean, that's true. But what I'm saying is, the, both of those players were never the guys that we needed them to be. Yeah. Uh, ultimately. Yeah. None of those guys were ever the people that we needed them to be. Yeah. No, I, I'll agree with that. And, and I think that for Malik, um, we knew who he was. Like, we knew who he was two years ago. It was but, obvious. But, but the problem for Malik was Malik came in as a top 25 guy, you know, top 25, top 30 guy, five-star player, 
Um, and the thing is, Malik had bigger expectations of himself. And you have a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, these kids come in and they always think, if you listen to my boy Marcus Maven, he always says, you know, when kids come to Louisville, especially when they have some hype and some, some you know, some credentials behind them, these guys think, you know what, I'm going to come here for a year, maybe two, and then I'm heading to the league. And you have Malik Williams who came in as a, as a borderline McDonald's All-American. He did not make the game, but he was right there on the line. He was a borderline McDonald's All-American, five-star kid, uh, 6'11". So he's thinking, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to do my year or two, and then I'm heading to the league to make this big money. And you have, fast forward five years later, a kid that's still here, um, a kid who had, has dealt with a ton of injuries, and now he's coming back in his fifth year and the year's not going the way he wanted it to go. He's not had the career that he's wanted to go. And I think that it has soured his attitude. Um, And I think for me, I'm going to say this. Um, I think that my hope for Malik is that he can find a way to salvage it because the University of Louisville and the University of Louisville fans um, are, are the type that take care of their players after they're gone and i would really really hate um for malik's story to end like this because he deserves better than that because he was a crowd favorite for a long time he was a guy that that people looked up to for his fight he was known as a warrior guy that regardless of what was going on he was going to give you everything he had um and to go from a fan favorite and a guy that people love to a guy that ends like this and could possibly spoil everything that he's done at the university of louisville I would really hate that. So my hope is, Malik, if, if you're listening, and I know you did not make the trip, um, would be to say, humble yourself, understand you know, your role, just be a part of, this is going to be your last, you know, now seven games of your career. Understand that you're not going to be an NBA player because of circumstances, because of injuries, because of whatever. You're not going to be that. So what you need to do is appreciate your last seven games. Do what Coach Pagese is asking you to do. Just get back out on the court and finish your career the right way. Because I don't want to see you go down the road to Shane Bahannon, brother. Like that, that's, that's what I don't want to ha- have happen because you are better than that. You're better than that. Ooh. Hey, you know what, well, fellas? We, we are up on this break. Hold that thought, Joe. I'm going to let you get that first time. No, that. As soon that as we hurt. get back. For real. Real talk. I mean, but that's the way I'm feeling with it, man. The truth always does, my friend. It hurts. Hey, you'll listen to Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Haven, Joe taking care of you. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502 going down. Hour number one coming, rushing towards the close as Prince brings us back a little go crazy. 
Everybody is going nuts right now about this Louisville basketball. We're actually starting to get some responses into the text line. Thorns text line, 414-1450. Uh, have a couple in there. Uh, first texter says, this is, hey, y'all, this is Red Zeppelin. Uh, he said, uh, uh, Rashawn Yell, uh, the officiating in the uh, in the uh, UNC game was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But he says the way we defended the three was even worse. Yeah, that's that's. Mm-hmm. That, that that's fair but you know what I, I think I, I do think that the defense was improved like I, I think that Louisville definitely did not do a great job of identifying um, the shooter uh, in the Duke game and allowed him to shake free for a couple of very deep threes I actually thought that Louisville did a pretty decent job at least contesting looks and uh, you know Caleb Love and crew just hit some very tough shots um, like it was a very well-played game. It was a very high-level, high-intensity game. So I I will say that I thought that the defense was improved. I I think that you know when you're playing against a North Carolina team uh, that likes to get up and down like that, especially with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, it's a little bit difficult, but they at least made those guys – fight uh, and they had to make good shots so I, I will say that um Chester uh, also in says uh Dar- Darius Perry is actually killing it down at UCF yeah he's definitely going off he says only if we had Rick um we uh, would be uh balling right now uh he fit a run and gun offense no Darius Perry is a guy who um you know while a lot of times when these guys leave <clears throat> and go to other places most times they don't seem to uh, turn out and, and do well. Well, Darius Perry is absolutely killing it down at UCF. He's taking full advantage of having that additional year, um, you know, that that COVID year. And dude is just like a, a star <laughs> down there at UCF. Um, he's putting in almost twenty a game, getting you know assists, rebounds. His team's not that great, uh, but but DP is balling. So you know, but big ups to Darius Perry. He's a guy who I always liked. A uh, very talented kid. Him and Mac just did not. Um, you know, fit. They didn't get along. Uh, you know, so I mean, it, it was what it was with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to see Darius doing his thing down there. Um, but uh, fellas, uh, now now Joe, I I know that you uh, you uh, had some some thoughts on everything about Malik and and kind of his his trend towards the end of that. You know, and and I, and I did. I, I mean, I did invoke the the, the words of of Shane Bahannon, uh with him because I I I would hate to see that end because Shane was always a guy that everybody knew <laughs> that he was on the fence of always, you know, self-destruction. Like, since he got walked on campus, that was kind of a thing with him. Whereas Malik was a guy who started out as, you know, a guy who always played hard, always had that hustle hard mentality, always brought it, and and the fans really loved and appreciated that, which is why he was a three-time captain, and which is why it was expected for him to be a leader this year. So to go out like that, I just think that would be a very difficult and tough way for that to end for him, because it just seems like he deserves better than that, Think? Uh, I agree completely. And and for listeners, that was more of, uh, for those unfamiliar with, with me, that was me wincing because I almost made that comparison, but I didn't want to because the difference between the two, I think at least, is that Shane was a guy, and even at the time, I, you know, I was far enough removed from undergrad and, and school and in my early 30s that with Shane, it was just like, come on, man, you're your own worst enemy. We all know what the problem is. Yeah. Stop doing it or hide it better. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, and uh, and no one cares. I don't even think Rick cares. At this point, it's you're lazy about not hiding it. You know? Right. We know Shane smoked 
too much weed and broke curfew. <laughs> yes. He that's that's basically like having I don't know, I assume having a teenager. <laughs> you know, I mean like that's that's and that was frustrating I think for fans because you saw all the talent in the world and all the potential for him. I think with Malik this is just another ingredient of what's turned out to be a very confusing cocktail of the season. Yes. Nobody knows what's in this drink. Yeah. The kitchen sink, but not in a good way. Yeah. Um, you know, this thing is, it's just, and it's sad, you know, and, and I guess the reason why I'll be critical of Malik, but I'm, and when I say, would it be best for him to just leave? To me, it's clear that this team is re- is responding better than they were two weeks ago. And the only difference is, I say the only difference is, there are two major differences. The coach, the captain. They're both gone. And yeah. the team has now got this, this sort of, you know, to use a cliche, they've got a ride-or-die attitude with, with Coach McGee's. And he's got one in turn that I'm sure you're going to get into here in a little bit about it was so nice to see somebody fighting for for that that dunking cardinal bird on his chest, and the players that represent that, and the fan base that represents that, while he was getting hosed on calls, you know. And God bless him for having the, the tact and the class to come out and say and apologize after game because I wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, Rick Pitino would not know, have. <laughs> no, no, but that's a guy, and that's and I guess to juxtapose the two. And to wrap this up, I guess that's the difference, though, is you're seeing maturity and leadership out of Mike Pegues as a guy who knows I'm an interim coach. I have so much more to lose right now from blowing up than I can accomplish from winning games. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the truth of of that narrative as far as getting interviews and getting the next opportunity. He Mm -hmm. has to show that he can conduct himself as a coach, not just win games. Yeah. Especially given the current lawsuit against the NFL, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you you add that factor in. So my I am over the moon impressed with how he has handled all of this, and to just juxtapose it, I guess that's and it, maybe it says a lot about his personal frustration with Malik, you know, and why he said I'm not going to put up with it. No, I agree with my you. Head. I, I agree with not. you. He he's proving that he can be a leader of men and that he can he can handle the spotlight and he's going to lead a certain type of way and he's going to both fight for his players but also expect uh, discipline um, and, and focus and he's not going to uh, ex- expect or he's not going to allow substandard play uh, both from a maturity standpoint as well as a play standpoint. I mean, so you got to respect it. Uh, and, and I think that that Coach Pegues, um has done a, as as well a job as he could under the circumstances. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, it would be easy to say, "Man, I got to win. I'm just going to let Malik come out here because you know he's just a guy who can help us." Uh, you know, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to allow that. And he's not going to allow um, for any sort of dissension. And, and I appreciate that because that is not what was happening earlier in the year. Um, and, you know, he's definitely showing that now that he's the head man, there's definitely a new sheriff in town and there's a new um, expectation that's going to be upheld to um, that. Frankly, Chris Mack was not um, he was not utilizing. He basically just let the inmates run the asylum. 
for the most part. And, and I, I think that that's, that's huge for him. I, I definitely think that Coach Pegues, um is going to get a lot more looks because of how he's handling this. And now, if he can get a couple wins to add on top of that and maybe get a win or two in the ACC tournament, I think that would be very good for him. Whoever hires that guy has got a new <clears throat> fan in me. I'm buying a hoodie. <laughs> they're my other team. No, they're my other team. And in, in I will finally have a secondary college basketball team. Never had one in my life. I'm really cheering for that guy, guys, because, again, what I respect the most about him is that he is taking this opportunity and he's doing it his way. He's putting his stamp on it. But he's not being knee-jerk. He's not being overreactionary. He's not covering his own rear end. You know, to your point, uh, keeping Malik around if Malik's not a good influence, he's doing it from an outsider looking in. You go, dude, not only are you doing it your way, you're doing it the freaking right way. Yeah. And he's getting done. He's getting results. Yeah, it it is. It absolutely is. I mean, it, it's it's very it's rare. First time doing it. It it's so calculated and well orchestrated. Man, he's awesome. Well, I mean, you've seen the maturity of him as a coach. I mean, real talk from the from the start when he very first started the first game, and you know he was, uh, you know, for the Chris Mack suspension, and we saw how you know that he was just kind. Of, it was kind of clunky. Uh, you know, substitution patterns, not knowing when to take timeouts, uh, really not having a feel for what he needed to do. Uh, everything on the sideline looked like a bit of a circus. Uh, of course, everybody remembers losing the Furman game, and then we saw him kind of mature and grow from that, um, start to set that level of expectation that in- ended up uh, in that Baja uh, Mar championship uh, where, where they became the Baja Bullies. Um, and, and you know that that became a big part of it. Um, I, I think that. Do you think? Do you think the UNC game the other night? Sorry to interrupt you, but I want I need to hear your opinion on this, mm-hmm. Rashawn. Do you think that expedited any of any of the the growing pains of coaching? Because I sure as hell do. Oh, I, I definitely think that once Mike Pegues gets to his his next spot, um, and, and we're going to talk about that in, in hour number two, because I've heard a lot of people. Talk about, you know, maybe Pegues should be looked at by, you know, everybody always wants to say, Kenny Payne's going to do a good job. Uh, you know, if if any coach, including Kenny <laughs> Payne, would want to look at um, Mike Pegues as being a part of this new staff, I, I'm, I'm, I have thoughts on that, uh, and we'll get to that after the top of the hour because we only got about a minute left before the top of the hour. Um, but I, I do think that expediting the growing pains of coaching, I think that Mike Pegues has done a lot of that, and I think that he is definitely ready uh, for the opportunity uh, to lead his own program. Um, and, and just seeing the maturity of, of how he – handled that first six games and now how he's taken what he learned in that first six games and really was able to hit the ground running um, in this second stanza as the interim coach, I think it set him up for a lot of success and I think he's going to have an opportunity uh, to do some nice things uh, down the road. Will that be with the University of Louisville in a different capacity or same capacity? Let's talk about it. We're going to talk about that. We're going. To, I have thoughts on that, but we're going to get to that after the top of the hour break. You are listening to Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. WakeUp502.com is where you can also listen to us as well as 96.1 and 1450, as well as all your various uh, apps for radio listening. But uh, you know what? Let's go crazy and get to this break. We'll be back for hour number two, y'all.
Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York Sing it, Frank. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep <laughs> And find I'm king of the hill Yes, sir. Top of the heap Bum, bum Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. The, the the Louisville Cardinals are up in New York, New York. Both the men and the women are on a – they're no longer on a plane. They are actually in cold, freezy, blustery New York, Syracuse, New York, to be exact, getting ready to take on the Syracuse Orange. I always want to say orange men, but they're not the orange men anymore. They're just orange, which I don't like. I like orange men better. I'm 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 still hey, something school. you yes sir. something you would like everybody go out and uh, check out that Biggie meets Blue Eyes mashup from years ago it is notorious Big rapping over remixes of Frank Sinatra really I've never heard yep. that is it as good as the Wu Tang yep. with Jimi Hendrix uh, the greatest mashup Ooh. album of all time, and I will die on this hill, is called Brooklyn Soul by Mick Boogie. It's Jay-Z's American Gangster over Marvin Gaye. Interesting. I dare you to listen to uh, Hello Brooklyn over the sexual healing sample and be like, they completely flipped this beat around and it's way better. I'm about to give that a listen because I don't know, man. Once I heard that Jimmy Hendrix and Wu Tang, all right, Haven, you know me. I know know you and my love for Wu Tang. I'm telling you, this is this is the greatest mashup album. When you hear this, you'll say, "Oh yeah, this guy leaked us from a multiverse where this is the actual album." (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Four one four fourteen fifty is the third sex line. (laughs) <laughs> Give us your best mashup thoughts. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know what? Both of those sound interesting. I'm gonna need y'all to text me those because I know I forget. I, I'm very forgetful, but I need I need to listen to both of those. So I, I'm gonna need some text from you, gentlemen, just to say, hey, don't forget, check us out. I need that. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> we do have a couple more texts into the text line. Um, first, of course, talking about uh, you know the the giant elephant uh, in the room that everybody wants to continue to talk about. Uh, he says, "If U of L gets Kenny Payne, do you think DJ Wagner and his teammate <laughs> will come to Louisville?" Um, I've heard a lot of over hyping and over promising. Uh, me and Haven kind of talked about last week with Kenny Payne. I would love to say that. There is without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, DJ Wagner, of course, son of DeWan Wagner, of course, son of Milt Wagner uh, and the Wagner tree. Of course, Milt Wagner, uh, 86 national champion, uh, you know, Cardinal forever. Great. Of course, he played on or excuse me, he coached on the staff with John Calipari at Memphis. Uh, DeWan Wagner played at Memphis for Calipari. Um, While I would love to say, yes, there is no doubt that DJ Wagner 
would come to Louisville if Kenny Payne was the head coach. I think that that is very premature, and I will say that um, DJ Wagner is going to have a lot of opportunity and a lot of options to himself, <laughs> whether it be going to the G League and getting one of those million-dollar contracts there, whether it be playing – overseas like LaMelo Ball or going to Kentucky or anywhere else. So I, I, I would love to say it. I have heard a lot of talk about all these guys that Kenny Payne's going to no doubt get if he's the man at the job. I, I will have to play a wait and see on that, like on all of that, just because I, I am very hesitant. I hear a lot of things, and I hear a lot of promises that's being made. Like a lot of this Kenny Payne stuff sounds like campaign promises to me, Haven. Like it sounds like a bunch of – There'll be a chicken in every pot. There'll be a five star in every recruiting <laughs> class. You know, we'll have four McDonald's All Americans every year. Like, you know, I'm gonna say this: <laughs> I don't doubt Kenny's ability to recruit at all. Absolutely, I don't doubt that at all. What I worry about is that the fan base builds up Kenny Payne and gives him so many expectations that there's no way he can realistically live up to those expectations, no matter what he does. Right. And you kind of doom his coaching career from the start if he is to be named the head coach of the University of Louisville. That's my fear. The, the expectations are way too high. The excitement gets way too high, and if he can't deliver that top five recruiting class every year, you know, if things may not go right his first year or two, um, you know, that – You worry about the quick hook? The quick hook and, and the crash. And then that people not have, like, kind of given him time to grow because you know, he's never really been a head coach. So you, you got to give him that year or so to kind of grow into the position. And I'm not sure that Louisville fans, you know, with all the hype and expectations, Kenny would get that, that ability to grow – into that position. No, because remember when Bobby first got here, his first year, there were a lot of growing pains with how he managed. Well, you know, he always has kind of issues like managing the staff. But, you know, but managing his staff, managing timeouts, the play clock and things of that nature. You know, it took Bobby a good year. It took Mark Stoops about six years to kind of figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes time. It, ta- it takes time it, to build a program. It, it takes time. And, and you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, Coach Pegues' um, growing pains as a head coach and how we've seen him kind of flourish and, and start to really find his bearings. I mean, you're going to have to do those same things uh, with KP, even though, you know, he does have a lot of experience. People want to keep talking about, oh, yeah, this guy was the associate head coach for Kentucky, and that's the closest thing. No, that's still <laughs> – you're still an assistant. Like, at the end of the day, until you are the captain of the ship and you are the guy running that whole operation, that's not the same thing. Like, saying, like, I'm sorry, uh, and and I love Maven and Rummage and what those dudes do, but to me it's the stupidest thing in the world to say that being the associate head coach at the University of Kentucky means that you have just just as much or more experience as actual head coaches that have actually coached and actually led teams and actually had success. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. Are, it's not are they trying comparable. To take like, are they trying to take like a, a shot at Cal with that? Like Absolutely. What's the, what's the basis for saying that? Are they saying that if you're the if you're that coach, you're doing all the stuff that Cal doesn't do because they're still are they still holding on to Cal just rolls the ball out? With, I I, I, I get. Steve and Marcus, but I don't agree with that. That's anymore. the stupid. Well, first of all, John Calipari took uh, took Marcus Camby and a bunch of dudes named Joe 
to the UMass. Final Four at UMass. Hey, you will not, you will not talk smack about what was his name, Edgar Padilla. <laughs> yes. Who? Yes. Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Padilla. You had you had Edgar yes. Padilla, and you had uh, I can't remember Travieso's first <laughs> name, uh, but I believe maybe Franz Frat. Basically, Travieso. they were like. They were like that St. Joe's team with uh, with, with Jameer Nelson and Delonte West, and then Marcus Camby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, was not fair. Hey, D- Dana Dingle, you know Travieso, Padilla, Camby, Lou Rowe. I remember, I remember all those UMass teams very well. Uh, and, and Coach Calipari. That's the thing. Like, first of all, people that say that Coach Calipari can't coach and that he just rolls the ball out there did not watch him at UMass. That dude was literally. Made magic. Nobody's ever won at UMass, and that's including when Dr. J was at UMass. Nobody ever won at UMass, and what Cal, Cal was able, able to do there. Hey, hey, you know, you know who Dr. J's teammate was at UMass? Uh, I do not. Who? Rick Pitino. That's how bad that UMass team was. You didn't wow. even realize that. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I, I did not. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. I looked at the at the years and was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Really? Of all the name drops that Rick always. Well, because I know Rick. I, I know Rick went to about. UMass. He graduated from UMass. I, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. He was on the team. I don't know. I don't know how much he played. I didn't look at the stats from from those years. I assume Dr. J had great stats. <laughs> I just envision Rick as a point guard that would have gotten on my nerves and been like annoying as hell. Like uh, he, he to me, Rick, I, I would imagine acted a lot Scott, like Scott. some of those those Duke Duke point guards just that just got on your last nerve, like a Wojciechowski here. Scott Skiles, yeah, <laughs> Scott Skiles, yes, just annoying without without the without the sturdy jump shot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, but no, but I mean that's that's one of the things like that that to to it's ignorant to me. To hear anybody say that for whatever reason, because KP was an associate head coach there, that, you know, wow, he's just so impactful that, you know, this is why we know that he's going to be good because look at what Kentucky did. No, first of all, Calipari was still a coach. And second of all, Calipari, Calipari is a hell of a coach. And I will never let my hate for Kentucky allow my brain to become stupid enough to say that or dismiss what that man does. Case in point, look at what he's doing this year. Okay, Kentucky is – dog walking people and while they have a team of guys that are good they don't have any top 10 picks on that team i mean maybe ty ty washington might get a sniff of the lottery but this not like kentucky has this overpowering amount of talent he's coaching the hell out of that team and you can hate on him if you want you can dislike kentucky i can't stand Anything blue that has to do with Kentucky. But I'm going to give props. They are beating the hell out of people. And what they did to Kansas on the road this past weekend, they whooped that Jayhawk ass. They did. On their home court. Actually, they would have beat Auburn if Ty Ty didn't get hurt. So don't disrespect Coach Calipari like that. Like, I'm not a Kentucky fan at all. But, like, stop disrespecting this man. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. And I've always said that. Yes, he dumbed down the system when he started bringing in these one-and-dones because, um, you know, it, 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 you have to do that when you have so many freshmen. So he did have to dumb down his system. But to say that he can't coach and he's rolling the balls out there is just ignorant. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 Kenny, uh, Kenny Payne is, is a guy that we can look at and a guy who can possibly do some good things. But let's not let's not start giving him credit for Kentucky's victories like that's just stupid to me.
Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he's the dude. We'll see if he's the guy. I think that it's still going to be a very long, exhaustive process to figure out um, as it should be, you know what, what's going to happen with that. But it's going to take some time. Hey, we're going to go back to the text line four one four fourteen fifty. Going back to what we uh, wanted to definitely talk about to start this hour, talking about Mike Pegues possibly being a part of the Cardinal staff. He said, in his opinion, uh, Mike Pegues can't be on the next staff. He says the team already had a mutiny uh, when Matt came back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an excellent point. Um, I, I think that um, outside of the fact, I mean, you look at that. I mean, the, you heard the players say that they got so used to listening to one voice that having uh, Pegues stay on this and, and retained on this team with a new coach coming in, it seems like pretty much starting the same thing all over again. Uh, and that's a that's an uh, a avenue that I didn't even think about. <laughs> when it came to retaining Mike Pegues. But that's an excellent point, Texter. I, I totally agree with that. I think that it would just cause more confusion. A guy who was you know, now leading the, the, the charge twice, if this new coach comes in and people don't, uh, don't like him or don't like, you know, certain players don't like the fact that they don't maybe have the same role or the, the coach is being tough on them. They'll be like, well, Coach Mike said, uh, you know, he liked me. And, and now why are you tripping for, you know. So you just don't want to get into that. And I'm going to say on top of that, Anybody who wanted to know if I thought that Pegues should get the job, I'm going to say, without a, da- without a doubt, emphatically, hell no. Absolutely not. And my reasoning is this, and Joe, you can give me your thoughts on it a- a- after I, I do it in the Haven the same. I'm going to say no for the simple fact that at the end of the day, this University of Louisville basketball team has been the worst coached team of my lifetime. Coach Mack didn't do that on his own. Coach Pegues was his lead assistant. You had uh, Ross McMains on there, and you had Cannell, uh, uh, Fennell on there. None of them dudes did a good job of preparing this team. And when, it ta- when you talk about the fact that you had an, a talent in L. Ellis, which everybody, including this show, said should have been starting from day one, you had a guy like Sidney Curry, who we talked about. The man is a monster every time he gets in the game, and there were six games where this man did not touch the court and sat there. You let him sit there. You were part of that. I don't want any of these coaches anywhere near this team after this year. I appreciate everything that Coach Pegues is doing. I think he's going to have a great opportunity to put together his own staff and do that. But you all sat there, and you watched who could and could not play we said who needed to be playing. It's just like football season when everybody said you got to rush more than three. You got to be more aggressive. You got to bring more pressure. You got to go for it. And when Louisville did that, they had success on the football field. We said you need to play L. Ellis. You need to play Mason Faulkner. You need to keep, uh, you know, put um, Sidney Curry out there as much as possible. Malik does not need to be playing this many minutes. And they didn't do that. Okay. So you forfeited okay, your rights, so in my opinion. Go ahead, Joe. Wow. Uh, but here's where I'm gonna here's where I'm gonna disagree with you on on all of that. Okay. Why do you think the team likes him so much? Because maybe he'd been fighting with old dumbass who's out here at, at at Hooters or whatever, celebrating that we're sending him out to L.A. for the Super Bowl on U of L's dime. Mm-hmm. What about the way that Chris Mack handled himself here? Makes you think he was approachable. From a coworker boss standpoint, much less player coach relationship. Maybe the reason why this team enjoyed playing for Pegues at the beginning during the during the uh, the suspension 
was, oh, this guy gets it. We've all talked to players who talk about coaches in, in the same exact room where you're like, where they say, yeah, you know, you just got to kind of roll your eyes because he's in charge, but you know your position coach was the guy. Now, I know that's in football, but in basketball they do that too. Maybe Pagese had been going at it with Mac all year because I think it's very damning that he came in and immediately put his thumbprint on it, said, I'm, I'm suspending the captain. Captain had been acting like a jerk, got the last guy run off because he was acting like a jerk, hasn't been doing captain-type stuff all year. I didn't have the authority to do it before, so I'm damn sure going to do it now. If I do nothing else over the next 20 days, I'm sending that young man a message because he's been driving me insane for the last however many months. I know, you know what? You see the way that, that, that the players are, are, are rallying behind him. I mean, I get what you're saying about, about they're, they're all culpable, but Mac quit on everybody. And I really believe the longer that I had to look at Mac, this was a dude who didn't know how to adjust. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to do all the other stuff that, you know, right now we're seeing out of the football coach that we were really hard on during football season. He's saying everything you want to hear in the off season about recruiting and, and philosophy changes. Yes, it sounds good. <laughs> it does. It, it we'll sounds see. great. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Hey, but, but you know I mean, what, but, but you know what, Joe? Did. I'm going to tell you the one place where, where that falls apart. Once Pegues came back, the very first game, that he was the 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 now the the guy moving forward, he still played Malik's ass thirty one minutes against Duke. Yeah, with his bad attitude, with everything's going that that suspension did not come until after that game, and that That's right fair. there is that that you, you, that nobody had made him do that, and nobody. You know, and, and that right there, I still have to question. Yes, it took Malik to act like a pure jackass in practice for him finally to get gone. But Mike still played him 31 minutes in his first game yeah, as the that's intro. fair. <laughs> so I just for for me, I, I I like I said, I appreciate everything that that Mike's doing, but I just don't think that any of these guys are good enough to be Louisville coaches right now. I Ma- think you should give maybe down at least the road Mike an interview. I mean, I think he has earned at least an interview, if nothing else, at least interview, at least to tell I mean, us that's like, fine. like, what would you do going forward? Because if you watch this team this year, the team, yes, has played better, has played his best ball under Pegues this entire season. Okay, l- l- let me ask you this. Ask away. What position group does Mike Pegues work with? He's he's the big man coach. I'm gonna answer that for you. He he handles the big man. Has Malik Williams' game gotten better at all over the last four years? Is Malik a big man? Yes, he's the center, starting center for the team. Has Malik? Sure? No, but that's my point, though. Hey, are you sure he's a but, center? But that's my point. I mean, Sid Curry, Malik, but Malik Williams <laughs> has not improved at all. And this is the other point with with Coach Pegues. Your group and your primary guy. Has not improved his game at all in four years. That's your group. And Malik is still exactly the same player now that he was as a freshman. Well, honestly, I mean, has, I mean, has, has, has anybody on this team like, really gotten better? The no! Like, no! The player develops awful. Awful! I mean, I th- yeah, because... 
because that's sort of my thing about I, I think you look at this roster and it's for the most part it's a lot of good players. They're all role players. You know what I mean? You can cook an onion a hundred different ways, but it's not a steak. Fair. There's always going to be an onion. But you know what? I've seen a coach take a bunch of onions to a Final Four in 2012 when that didn't have a true star, and you had Kyle Keurig playing power forward. <laughs> and they went but, to but a the, Final Four. But the difference is, though, that's a guy that still recruited all his own players to fit all his own systems. I mean – but Now you're dealing with the coach that – when the head man was in charge of putting together a team, every year was a new team. No, I agree and with every you. Every year never really fit any type of system that he wanted to do. The, the, or, but, or did you thought that he may have wanted to based on his uh, what, what Mac did Xavier? So it's really hard to kind of see like how good of a coach Pegues really is when the head man I, in charge. I, I just feel like he, fa- he failed in the, spot, the in the things that he could control, he failed at. He failed in player development. I. I, I mean, and I, it, I think I, I don't think there was anything to develop, and I'll just say it. I uh, shout out to Jeff Greer. He wrote about this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I think we're Mac. I think when it when it when you go back and you look at Mac's downfall here, I think he was very lazy in the recruiting. I don't know how much COVID came into play with that. If he was, I you all know I have gone on that for two years now, saying COVID has changed everything. We heard Satterfield admit that, that it, it really screwed with recruiting. I don't know, but what I do know is that it appeared that Chris Mack continued to recruit like he did at Xavier, where if you were a top 50, if you were in that 50 to 100 category, he knew that he didn't have to recruit you as hard and he was all in. But he didn't put in the work to get that top 30 guy. It doesn't appear at least. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what hurt him is that he never got a guy that you could develop into that dog that you can re- rely on game hey, in game out. Malik Williams was a, a five-star, top 25 player, and you never taught that young man to use his footwork to get any sort of post move, and he's still floating around shooting fadeaway threes. That's on you, Coach Begues. I'm sorry. Is I, it really on him? Yeah, or absolutely. Or that is system that Mac that, put that, in that, place. That, that is on. That or is. Or is, or is on the system Mac put in place that allow him to? Do no, that? that's or that's is definitely. Is it Mac that never player, a big no, man it's, to it's, develop? No, it's player development because Coach because Malik Williams was the center. So develop your players. Hey, we'll be back. We got two more segments left. Short segment coming up next. Wake up five oh two. Much more. Your text as well. 414-1450. We got them rolling in. You can be next. Wake up five oh two. This is Rashad Myers. Haven Harris and Joe Kelly will be right back.
And welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502 with a little Joe Public. You got to live and learn, people. You got to live and learn. Didn't, <laughs> didn't know about that new Jack Swing. Hey, you feel me? Like that's that's classic. That's a that's, that's a classic joint. And I have lived and learned that Mike McGee's ain't good enough to be a coach in Louisville. <laughs> 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 oh man, me and Haven kept on arguing through the break. <laughs> like Haven is on this Mike McGee's train, and he's just looking at me like, "I'm not on the train. I you. think I think you get interviewed. <laughs> I mean, he should, I mean, that is fine. I, I, I think you earned at least interview. I that, mean, that that is that's fine. That is fair. No, I I believe that that is fair. <laughs> but unlike the NFL. I honestly think that we should give our coaches a legitimate shot. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, let, let, let's go ahead. Well, we got a ton of text rolled in, fellas. I'm gonna try to run through these and get y'all's thoughts on them um, as as we run through these. Four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Appreciate all the interaction this morning. One thing that I'll say as, as our show has gotten rolling, man, the interaction with everybody via Twitter, Facebook, the Thornton's text line. I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, just everybody who who chips in and everybody who's up listening. It is very much appreciated here from the fam at uh, Wake Up Five O too uh but but we're gonna go back to the the uh, text line uh texter says um <laughs> i don't want the son of the dude who missed the free throws that sent U of L to the ncaa tournament uh which is funny because yes it was a memphis guard that missed those free throws it was not dewan wagner though it was uh, uh washington it was uh what, what was the kid's first name? darius washington that actually missed the darius free throws washington because this is the most random music trivia factoid you'll ever get out of me oh i love it i don't like them i don't listen to them nor should anyone yes but the hippie jam band fish recorded a song about him missing those free throws because those dudes were just hanging around in between a recording session and saw the free throws like the tv was on in the background at the studio or wherever they were saw that and they wrote a song about how much that must have sucked <laughs> I, think I think the name of it i think the name of the song is called the line really and it's about being on the line and blowing it hey you know what i hated darius washington he was a jackwad and had way too cocky for his own good i honestly felt horrible for him like I felt horrible for him, but you know what? He needed that slice of humble pie. But I swear it like broke him That's because dude, fake. dude just completely just fell off. That was the, end the of Nick the Anderson earth. free throw moment. Yes, like it, it broke Anderson him. Moment. Like he he was he looked like he was going to be an NBA player. He was going to be the next great Memphis point guard. He was going to do this, do that. He missed those free throws. Nobody ever heard from Darius Washington ever again. <laughs> like I still feel bad about that. <laughs> back back to the text line four one four fourteen fifty. Have a text coming in it says Good morning, y'all. It's Ross. He says my favorite mashup. We talked about mashups earlier. He said my favorite mashup is when we had George, Rick, and Peyton and Russ, Gorgie and Shane, Luke. And Wayne, Trez and Ware, SVT and Hendo. It's a pretty damn good mashup, right there, fellas. Like it is. I, that, yeah. That's that's probably the it's best. Almost mashup. as good as the Denny Crumb mashups, almost, <laughs> but not quite, because Denny's still the greatest. It's fair. Go. That's uh, that, that that's fair. I, I'll agree with that. Uh, texter comes in and says, uh, "Pegues does deserve an interview. We don't want Pegues to turn into Brian Flores." There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
I really feel like that texture, though, has completely missed the point of Brian Flores. But, <laughs> you know, hey, man, <laughs> we appreciate the interaction. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, hey, you know, I mean, no, I, I think, he, and, and he says, oh, oh, he says, as serious hell, no, he does not deserve an interview. I don't know if he's talking about Pagis. I guess yes, no. I, hey, it was the same texture that said both, uh, but I, I mean, Pagis deserves an interview. I, I agree with Haven. Yes, give him the interview. Let's hear your plan. But I'm, I'm okay with that because that's what a coaching search is. You actually vet coaches, and if Mike Pagis goes in there and blows your pants off and says. You know, as something that's just amazing, and he's the most amazing interview, then hire him. Give him the job. Do I think he's the guy for it? I'm just going to ask him one question. Hey, did you – were you Malik Williams' big man coach over the last five years, four years? And he's going to say yes. And, uh, thank you for coming in. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> that's going to be my one question. Like, sir, and, and I'm done. the door. Yes, th- thank you. There is the door, sir. Absolutely, you know. So that that's just the way I look at it. Um, uh, but I have another text in four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says uh, Malik was game planned against uh, Duke already, so Pegues couldn't all of a sudden change that plan on the fly. Um, <laughs> that's coming in from a phone number I know well. Uh, my father. Mr. Ralph Myers texting that in. That's he said. That's Sahara's take, which is my stepmom. That's hilarious. First of all, Mike McGee's could have done anything he wanted. He could have started uh, with Snitzer and 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 all the walk-ons if he wanted to. You don't have to stick with the game plan just because. I mean, you're really gonna worry about the game plan that the fired coach put in before he got fired. Like, there's hey, a reason hey, he got hey, fired. Let's be let's let's be honest. If you're the interim guy, if you're sitting in on it, don't you want to burst? K's bubble on his on his you know going home farewell tour. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm I'm enough of a jerk that I would totally be like, oh, it's a it's a farewell tour. Yeah, let's all yellering. <laughs> hey, but let me tell you something. First of all, I am so happy that I got the opportunity to interact with Coach K in his last trip to Louisville, um, and I get to got to speak with him in the press conference. Like that's something that a I'm going to remember for the rest of my life because there's only so many times where you get the opportunity to lit- literally be in the presence of one of the people that are considered the greatest of all time at what they do. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate that. And Coach K was humble and gracious with his time. He was humble and gracious in the interview uh, session with the media. And then the fact, I don't know if you guys saw it, um, but the Duke University put out a video of Coach K in his locker room after the Louisville game. And he actually gave um, a great speech to the team and gave the game ball to Nolan Smith because of everything that his father meant at the University of Louisville and, you know, really told the players who his dad was. And it was powerful video. And, and just what he said about, um, you know, Nolan and, and, and what Derek Smith meant to the University of Louisville was just awesome and amazing so a uh, big, big shout out to coach k uh for all of that he's a guy who's definitely a student of the game and appreciates um you know the the history of the game so i just thought that was awesome um so you know just big shout out to, to coach k I've, I've me and me and you ain't never been buddies and, and i enjoyed every time we whooped you but you know you, you've come out with some of the greatest sound bites of all time i mean he's a guy who came up with the with the boom Everybody remembers the Boom Boys back it. when we won it. He said they boomed us. And that started, that was the birth of the Boom Boys. You know, uh, Pey- Peyton and Russ. 
you know. So I mean, it was uh, it was, a, it was as awesome. a Louisville fan. As a Louisville fan, I've never understood any hatred or vitriol towards Duke outside of they're very successful, so screw them. That I can get behind that. <laughs> but if we're really, you know, if we're really talking about it, I mean, we got the '86 banner off of them. Jay Billis constantly clowns himself and is self-deprecating, talking about, yeah, that banner's up there because I could do nothing to purpose Ellison. Nothing. You know, and the Christian Leitner shot. It's the it's the worst moment for our, our rivals. So how can I say anything negative about those guys? Because really? they're Duke. Uh, and Donovan. And and Donovan also punked out Grayson. So, I mean, I don't have any hatred towards Duke. I do. I just don't like Duke. I've never liked Duke. To me, Duke's like Kentucky, just a bunch of, uh, I don't know. Like, joining the ACC, I'm going to say this, like, joining the ACC has given me, like, a new level of hatred for Duke and North Carolina and how they kind of run the conference. So, Fair. Th- th- Fair. that's just me. That's just me. You know, I get it. They're like the foundation of the conference, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Everything goes through Tobacco Road, and we got to play in crappy uh, Greensboro, no count, North Carolina every year, blah, 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 blah. But no, I don't like Duke. I really don't like Coach K because he gets a pass. He cheats like everybody else, and he, and he, he, he gets his pass for cheating. Nobody really cares, <laughs> you know, but that's cool. That's cool. You know, he's – you know, he's, he's probably the third greatest basketball coach of all time. I, I hear that salt and that shade coming. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of salt and shake about to come out. <laughs> and before we – we got a caller on the line, uh, 384-1450. Uh, but we, before we go to them, just a funny comment. Uh, Ross checked back in with this on the text line. He said, Rashawn, this is Ross again. Maybe not your best choice of words to say blow your pants off being where you avail, or maybe it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, well <laughs> You know, you got to lean into your talents, I suppose. <laughs> right. And we're going to go ahead and hit up on, on the what used to be the buzz line. I don't know. I got to find out what they call the phone line. That used to be the we'll buzz line call when we were the buzz. So, uh, you know, right, the, the 502 hotline. How about that? If I wake up 502 hotline, we got Hink on the line. Hink, how you doing this morning, brother? What's going on, gentlemen? Man, I can't complain, man. I mean, we in here. We in the house. You know what I'm saying? They're heading towards it. What you got for us, man? I tried to give Calipari some props, so 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 don't hurt me too bad. I know you're going to have some some crazy say, but what 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 you got for us? Man, I, I did notice you you starting to come on over. I mean, it's, it's slowly but surely. I mean, you know, it's it's turtle speed, but you're coming. And it's only a matter of time, Sean. I mean, especially the product that your squad keeps putting out week in, week out. You got a new intern coach, and he's still losing. I mean, everything's normal in the Louisville world. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised by the results that we are getting from that cyber program on Florida Street. I don't know why y'all are. I mean, this is to be expected. That's what y'all do. You know, it's supposed to be in the ACC takeover. I heard that millions of times between the football <laughs> and the basketball program, and it's, and it's obvious that was all a sham, about like the, the hiring of Chris Mack four years ago. It was a sham. Man, y'all had your opportunity. Y'all won't get pain now, but you had your opportunity four, four years ago. Jerry, Bush, Beard, they tried to tell you. You didn't want to listen. Now it ain't no fun when a rabbit got the gun. Now y'all coming and bending the knee and ready to kiss some rectum to get it. <laughs> get a pain. Stay away from that debacle. 
I know that's your alma mater, but stay away from that tragedy. Stay away from that sorry-ass NCAA-written program. You deserve better. So don't go there, uh, Kenny Payne. Take your talents elsewhere where they appreciate you, where when you was looking for an assistant coach job, they would give you an opportunity. Don't you even step another foot in that building for another interview. If they ask you, you decline the job, and you tell them to kiss your ass on the way out. Hey, Rashad Louisville sucks. <laughs> Later, baby. <laughs> the, the one, the only, Hink. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I Man, it's almost like he records those. It's almost <laughs> like those are recordings that we just drop in. No. Nope. That's my dude, man. Hink may be big blue forever, man, but that's my that's my buddy. He makes me laugh every time he gets on I mean, there. He sounds like Brian Flory. Yeah, I, I promise. He look, you know who he looks like to, to look at Hink if you if you've ever meet if you ever meet him. He looks like Dave Winfield. You remember that baseball player? Oh yeah. He looks just like Dave Winfield. <laughs> I, I promise you, it's hilarious. Every time I see Hink, I appreciate him. I always uh, try to give a shout out his son Trent over there at, at Western bowling. High School. Was balling, man. Bowling so. out of control. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, big shout uh, out. I think a big shout out to Major League Baseball for still being on uh, lockout, and nobody knows they're on lockout because nobody cares about baseball. But shout out to Major League Baseball for being on lockout that nobody knows about, <laughs> and also denying probably the greatest hitter, baseball player of all time, Barry Bonds, the Hall of Fame. Man, the the, uh, the other Montreal so screw drive. <laughs> Look. I was talking to a buddy about this the other night. I think I don't like baseball because of the media around it. I really think it's once they all all the old dudes die, then maybe I can get into it. But it's absurd to me, absolutely absurd that you can look at Barry Bonds, you can look at his his body of work, and go nope. And then I tell you, but what if I told you the pitchers were also on the juicy juice? Everybody was said, juicy. Mm, no, no, it's still what he did is worse. Come on, man. He's a Hall of Famer without the juice. With the juice, he's the greatest freak we ever saw. You deserve. You have to go in the Hall of Fame when when a pitcher decides to walk you with the bases loaded. If that player doesn't go into the Hall of Fame, what are you even doing bothering with a Hall of Fame? It's it's just crazy. I mean, the man That's literally was a Hall of Famer before the whole HGH scandal took off anyway. Number one, number like you said before, oh. number two, all the pitchers were juicing, so what does it matter? Everybody was juicing anyway, so it was an even playing field because everybody was on the juice. And number three, juicing does not help and- you hit the ball better. I really love the and fact that you all have just broke out into like a whole baseball conversation. That is so hilarious. <laughs> no, I don't like baseball. Conversation. <laughs> it's a very Bonds conversation, Rashawn. It's about right and wrong. That's right. It's like Brian Flores, the NFL. That, that right is and wrong. Hey, 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 my man Rawls is coming for you. Hey, we got another call in. All of a sudden, we done got ju- juicy on, on the, the call in line. We got another call in, 384-1450. Well, uh, caller, go ahead. This is Ross, right? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going, what's on, going on, Ross? How you doing, man? What you got for what's us? Up, Ross? Hey, what's going on? So, all right, <laughs> listen, I don't know who that caller was. You say he's your boy. That's Hink. Yes, he's a Kentucky fan. I thought, yes. I thought he was about to, like, start barking some some uh, 
preacher stuff from the pulpit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought that was Walter Malone Jr. of the Canaan Missionary Baptist Church. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, look, you notice where all of that is keeps coming from. Those people down the street absolutely do not want to see Kenny here. They do not want to see Kenny here. They're the only ones saying it. They're scared to death because they know what will happen. So that's exactly why I want to do it. That's right. So I, I yeah, I mean, and I and I feel you all <laughs> earlier how you were talking about we might be setting the bar too high. I definitely don't want to do that. There is a precedent since you all want to hit about Flores. There is a precedent where. That happens, and where it's almost set up by leadership for that to happen, almost in a sense, whether it's right. conscious or subconscious. I don't want that for Kenny. So I, I do think he's the best guy for the job right now. I think he's the guy. I think he needs to be the guy. I'm all about going through a process and vetting candidates, but he's the guy, and he needs to be the guy. So, and I... <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I've been barking on this for months now, or maybe even years. We had everything happen, right? Mm -hmm. We're the bad guys. Yep. We clean house completely. Certain people have their ways, clean everything out. Okay, we try to go and do things the right way. We're still the bad guy. We still can't get a fair, a fair shake. Okay, so if we're never going to get a fair shake no matter what, then screw it. Be the, the bad, bad guy. guy. That's embrace, what I'm talking about. Be, embrace being the bad guy. And, you know, like Razor Own, you want to be the bad guy? You know, you, you know. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be the bad guy. We're never going to get a fair shake. So just be, just be who you are. If that's who they want you to be, let's be it. And let's be the best at it. Because you know what? That damn did a good job for Miami back in the day in Miami football. That's where I want to be. My man yeah. Ross. Preach it to the choir. Let's go. There it is. Go hey, Ross. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, brother. Hey, there we go. Ross checking in. Man, we've gotten so much. Like, we're getting inundated with texts, messages, Twitter's blowing up. We got our, our girl, D.D. Conklin, checking in with us again this week. She says, another good show, and the music is 100% on point. She said, I tend to agree with Joe about the coaching. She says, head guy uh, was kind of stubborn. Uh, she said, I also, Haven is right. Crumb e equals the best. Uh, so appreciate right. DD checking our coach. in. Oh, absolutely! I, I, all day long and twice on Sunday. Come on now. Uh, so I no, appreciate Ross checking in with us now, and, and <laughs> we also have another text into the Thorns text line four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says, "Damn, you about to be a UK fan? I can't <laughs> with you right now." <laughs> no, I'm not. Hey, I know I've been doing a lot of Kentucky supporting today. I talked about UK whooping Kansas's ass, but hey, it happened. Yeah. I mean, and I said Coach, uh, Coach Cal is a hell of a coach because he is. No, see, I think that makes me more credible because at the end of the day, regardless of how much I love Louisville and how much I hate Kentucky, I can keep it real. Hey, while other people say fair and balanced, I actually am fair and balanced. You know what I'm saying? I try to keep it real. And, hey, I, gotta, I, I can't hate. When when the product out there I mean, is showing me, I mean, let's be honest. This is a fun Kentucky team to watch. I mean, th th it is what it is. I mean, Shwebe gives you a thousand percent 
every they, game. They don't have any unlikable players either. Like, like, they don't. Like, it's just a team. They just going out there. Like, they just they're having fun. They play very well together. They I mean, get, they they got a five foot two point guard. You know what I'm saying? But he's but he's out there balling. Like, I don't have anything I can say about any of them dudes. I mean, I you know, I, I just I'm sorry. Like I can't stand Kentucky, and I always enjoy every time they lose and laugh actively. But at the same time, I have to give them their props. I did not think they was gonna go out there and do Kansas like that, and they just made Bill Self look horrible. I like it. I, I think Bill Self is about the most overrated coach in and college basketball. You. So we could do the easy way. I, <laughs> we could do the hard way. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see that that busting coming, but unfortunately, around the same time that I said, "Yeah, I don't think Louisville's making the tournament," and everybody was like, "What?" I'm like, "Nah, man, I don't, I don't see it." And that was before the new year. Around the same time, I was like, "Ooh, Kentucky got a really nice point guard and a dude that can clean up all the trash around the rim." That usually bodes well for Cal in the tournament. Yeah, it does. For real. I mean, real talk, absolutely. But and also real talk, I want to send a big shout out to my man Brian Flores for suing the NFL. Yes, sir. You may never coach again in the league. You may never coach again <laughs> in college ball because they will blackball you. Probably out of Power Five schools, probably blackball you too. The NFL is definitely going to blackball you. Kevin Ollie definitely can't find a job. Yeah. He did a pretty good job at UConn. He still can't find a job. He can't. But Brian, I'm telling you right now. Your lawsuit will be the stuff of legends to come. I'm just saying. Suing the NFL for race discrimination and then pulling out receipts that they tried to pay you $100,000 a tank a game. That's, that's real. And then you got, you, they got the former coach at Cleveland's like, well, they paid me too. Everybody's coming out to real work. I really hope that uh, NHBCU hires you. I, that's that's what I've been waiting to see for a very, very, very long time in, in NCAA athletics. We got the ball rolling a couple of years ago when you started seeing top 20 high school players uh, picking schools. Then Dion last year, come on, man, keep the momentum going and, and build up a better product down there than what you have in, in the Power Five. Well, I, what I want to see is uh, – Stick them in their wallets. I want to see Eric enemy get a job. That'd be nice because that's like insane. Yeah, it is insane that he has not gotten a job. It's insane. I Crazy. Agree. So, shows to Byron Leftwich, even though he destroyed my little Carters in the bowl game, I still remember that Byron. <laughs> Byron, but the man can coach. The man's always a genius. These yeah. guys should be head coaches someplace. Yeah. It should be obvious these guys should be head coaches someplace. But you know, my my, my man Brian's going to sue him. Probably get some things going, and we'll see what happens. I agree. I, I, and, and I mean, you know, you, you just got to continue to call these things out. I mean, $100,000 for it per loss. I mean, I understand, you, you know, I, I, first of all, that if that the, if he actually has the proof to be able to come out and prove that, what's the difference between that and, you know, the, the, the black uh, black side scandal? Like when oh, you're actually while, actively while going, every. You know, while every third commercial during an NFL broadcast is for different gambling sites, this is a this is a nightmare for the NFL. I'm amazed how well they've been able to keep it under under wraps. You know, this past week, it not necessarily dominating headlines the way I think it would have in years past. But Super Bowl week, 
Oh, man. My man waited to the first Get day of Black him. History Month to sue. Hilarious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's tough, man. I, I, I'm just, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Like, like we talked about earlier, just with the with the with the minority hiring practices and and all this stuff. Like, until you start to get some of these, it's kind of like they talk about you know these Supreme Court justices and everybody at the highest courts in the law that you got a bunch of old white folks in there <laughs> that that are not 80, 90 years old. They just seem to be hanging out. It was just so funny. I saw a tweet that said, "You know what? COVID's supposed to be attacking like the oldest." Oldest people in in in, uh, in our society, but yet and still, <laughs> there have been none of these old justices and and all these old guys in power. They just hold on. Says not single one of them has been affected by this at all. I thought that was hilarious. But I mean, unfortunately, until you start to get some new blood in there um, and some and, and some some younger people in there, you're going to continue to see this. Same with NFL ownership. Same with a lot of this stuff. I mean, unfortunately. Um, it, it things are very slow to change because the people at the top apparently take some serum from uh, like a Lazarus pit and could just <laughs> stay alive forever. <laughs> so I mean that's kind of an unfortunate part of uh, where we are in society. Um, I, I hate that that's the way it is, but unfortunately, fellas, it, it kind of is what it is. But I, I know we are rushing towards uh, the close of our show. It has been a, like, we didn't even have time to take a last break. I hope Dugan doesn't, like, cancel me because I didn't get that last uh, group of breaks in. But we got to have back-to-back callers, a, a ton of text. Um, I had one text actually come in at the very end, 414-1450. It says, <laughs> Kevin Ollie to UofL. <laughs> just, just bring them. Hey, you know what? I love it. Bring all these coaches that have been ostracized and the people that have gotten blackballed. Let's just bring them all in there. NWO, baby. Louisville can be the new HBCU. How about that? <laughs> just create their own you know but uh I, I really appreciate everything this week fellas um we got about eh, about 30 seconds left any closing thoughts from either one of you two go Bengals. i like it joe <laughs> Kelly. go cards bq there we go hey we going okay. up there new york hopefully uh the the both the men and the ladies come back two and oh uh, we'll have to see what happens. Cardinals on the uh, – please just figure out a way to get through that 2-3 zone. I don't want to see bad execution. Hey, this is Rashawn Myers for Haven Harrington. Joe Kelly, we out. Wake up 502. <laughs>